like a message. If someone called you up to tell you something, they probably wouldn't leave like a 10-minute message on your phone. And you'd probably turn it off in two minutes at the most, you know. So this is a very, this is like a simple invitation, something that uh, fell upon me. I was in the tribe of AA recovery, and um, and there seemed to be a lot of suffering going on with a lot of the people in the program on a continuous basis, and it seemed to just loop on itself constantly. There'd be like flashes of relief, but then always back to the same Petri dish that caused the seeming problem. And so, uh, and I was engaged with AA when I heard this message, and I was leading workshops, teaching uh, how to go over how to do a fourth step, which is an inventory process. I've been doing that, I did it for like 19 years, 16, 19 years because I thought that was really, really helpful, yeah? And then uh, I heard this message, and I wasn't able to do those workshops anymore because as soon as I started doing the workshop, it would go right to this message because to me, this message is like a quantum leap. It's like leaving the realm of nuts and bolts into another realm of possibilities that you are the cradle for right now. It is the mind, the big M mind, that we are representing right now. There's an activity, a mental activity going on, if you want to call it the conditional mind, that's driving, seemingly driving us crazy. So you work really hard to get to a really nice point, and when you arrive at the point, your mind can't stand stand to stay there for a minute. It moves to the next point. So you're always, in a way, you're always being moved from what's happening. It's like living on one of those moving sidewalks. You see something that you'd really like to spend some time with, but there's this movement constantly going, pushing, pushing, pushing ahead to the next moment, the next big thing, the next that. To me, it's a form of slavery, really. So this was, uh, I heard this message, and it was revolutionary for me. It became the last answer, which is a pretty good answer. And I've just been entertaining it since. And to me, entertaining is simple. It's sort of like if I looked out this window and uh, I had no idea what I wanted to see, I would just see what showed up, yeah? I'd have no concepts of what I should be seeing, and it wouldn't be framed by what I had seen, and it wouldn't be also framed by what I hoped to see. I would just be looking out the window, and if a bird flew by, there would be a recognition of that bird. If no bird flew by, they would be looking at the fog and looking into the space, yeah? Then you'd be looking at the space, and then it would get dark, and stars would show up, and maybe the moon would rise, and all these possibilities could arrive, and yet, what was providing you that opportunity was the seeing, yeah? And, and then being able to entertain what you see, not get addicted to it, not be enslaved by it, but entertain it. So I see thoughts, but the thoughts don't direct me like they used to anymore. Because how it worked with me is by realizing they aren't my thoughts to begin with. That was the big thing. One of the biggest things that happened with me is when I had a direct hit on the first movement of the slavery is this movement called claiming. So... 
Thoughts are seen, but they're held as you're the thinker of them, as if you're the one that's producing. It's sort of like if you sat here and a bird flew by, it would be like you thinking you produced the bird. Yeah? And every bird that would fly, fly by would be held as your bird. And because it was your bird, you'd probably stick your head out the window and try to follow where your bird was going. Yeah? And see where your bird was going to land. And if you saw any other birds yeah, that were your birds. That claiming doesn't allow you to entertain it anymore. As soon as something's seen, you're, in a, you're immediately thrust into a relationship with it as being the seer of it. Not the seeing of it, which is the awareness, but the seer of it. Paul, yeah? So now the bird becomes a bird in, framed by Paul, yeah? And in a way, it becomes my bird. That's what happens with every thought. You're seeing thoughts as if birds were flying by a window. You are hearing them, basically, yeah? You're hearing them, which is another form of seeing. And when we're hearing the thought, there's not an acknowledgement of the hearing of it. It's immediately thrust into an interpretation, which is, I'm the thinker of this thing. I'm thinking this thought, yeah? Or the thoughts are about me. Those two positions are underneath every damn thought that arises and is heard, there's the feeling that I'm the hero of it. That's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is an activity. It's not like something that happened to you. It's not like you're bonded to a chair. Yeah? Because you would see there'd be a difference between you and the chair, and there'd be something that was locking you to the chair. Yeah? And if someone was good enough to or had a high enough level to open up the, the handcuff, you'd be freed from the chair. Yeah? I'd be bonded too. But in recovery it says, we're bonded of self. Please relieve me of the bondage of self. Which is totally different. The bondage of self is you take yourself to be the chair, and when you get up, you're walking around like this all day. Yeah? And you're wondering why... It, things aren't working out because you're fucking stuck on a big freaking archaic idea that you're a long-lasting independent separate entity that you're the thing that's doing and seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting and touching and your mind is busily claiming to have something to do with that that you have absolutely nothing to do with you have absolutely nothing to do with the thoughts all your role in the thought is there's a seeing of it and then the apparatus reacts that's what happens, yeah? And it usually acts based on the condition the apparatus has, has been under. Your upbringing, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah? And then a story is just spoos out, and now you're in this little action figure, linear story in time, and you're hoping to find something to make you feel good, but you never look in the right place. You always look at... You, you take yourself to be something solid... And now, like it says, the biggest illusion in AA is that people, if I could only manage better, everything would go well. We, all, we know that we're not managing, but we think if we just did it better, it would go well. You're not managerial quality. Yeah? We talking about a meeting last night when people were talking about truths and honesty, and they didn't know what the difference is. The thing is, is to be honest about certain truths in your life. To be honest about certain truths, one of them for me was I'm not managerial quality. One of them for me is this, this apparatus has alcoholism. Yeah? If I'm drinking or I'm not drinking, it has alcoholism. Yeah? That's sort of an absolute in my life. 
And so when I'm honest about those absolutes, then somehow a life that seemed to be not working some miraculously starts to work for like 25 years now. Yeah? Just becoming honest about the basic truths in your life. So if... If thoughts seem to have so much sway that they can change a whole day, one thought can change the direction of a whole day. Yeah? You may be in a lovely situation, but then you have a couple of thoughts that, when are they going to figure out that I don't deserve this? And then the whole fucking situation goes kaput. Yeah? How can it have that much power? How can a thought have that much power? It doesn't have the power. It's the believing that it's about you, and you're the thinker of it. That's where it gets its power. Yeah? You're the source of power. The same thought in your head, if you're in good shape, will not have the effect it has in your head when you're in bad shape. If you're feeling really good, usually it's because you're not taking yourself too fucking seriously at the time. When you're feeling really bad, you seem to be taking yourself too seriously. (laughs) So the thought isn't what's doing it. It's the mind, yes? The mind. And if the mind is in a relationship with thought as the thinker of it, fuck. (laughs) I took everything so seriously up there, and thank God, one day, through the grace of something or nothing, it shifted where I don't take it seriously. And I'll tell you, that's the difference between heaven and hell, you know? the difference. You'll know the problem by the relief from it. When you get real relief from it, you'll know what the problem was. And the problem is that you believe you're the thinker. The problem is that you're the feeler. You're the seer. You're the taster. You're the toucher. You're the alpha. You're the omega. You're the doer. That's it. It's claiming a responsibility and a position that you have nothing to freaking do with. Yeah. When you surrender that, when you surrender that that assuming the role of God, when you stop playing God, then what happens? Find out. Maybe what you call God will now start revealing itself through you and through others and through your life. Yeah? Could be. Like it says in the third step, you and I, you know, we turn our will and our lives over to the care. You guys are in recovery, right? Yeah, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> you, we turn our will and our lives over to the care of a higher power of our own understanding. How about get to another level of turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding? Yeah? Find out what God thinks of God <laughs> instead of what you think of God. <laughs> like, I think God can get me a parking space or a date or something like that. Maybe you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind when something is revealed to you. Maybe that situation like will become revelatory. You won't be framing God with this very small frame of you playing God. You'll give up that, you'll surrender that, and then God will be, will be revealing itself through you, to you. Then you're at a point of really finding out what's going on. Not this nuded aspect of knowing something, but you will be in a state of, I don't know, and you'll find out what it's like to be fucking free. You'll find out what it's like to be surrendered. You'll find it out. 
Yeah? Your mind will just entertain a possibility, and then that possibility will be given flesh and blood through the downloads and through the translation of it in your life. You'll see it. You'll be, it'll become tactile. You'll sense your presence as if you were seeing it in this room. You'll sense it. Yeah? And then you'll know that's what you've been missing. Yeah? Because now you're privy to it, and now all the angst, all the dissatisfaction, all the, all the irritable restlessness and discontent doesn't have a petri dish to grow. Yeah? The pH balance has shifted. It's not thriving in the conditions of your mental and emotional and physical and quote-unquote spiritual state. It's now in a host- It doesn't live in that petri dish. It cannot occupy you anymore. Yeah? You're free from what? The bondage of self. Yeah? Because the bondage of self is a mental activity and you're either free from it or you're, even be- or you're believing it which is being bound to it. Yeah? It's like, in a way, you're either dying to the self or you're dying as the self. Yeah? If you have some immunity to the thought system, if you're not taking all of its little takes to be gospel, then you're dying to the self. Yeah? You're dying to it. You're not, your interest and attention is just not going there anymore. If your interest and attention, if you believe in all those thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow, if, you, if, if, the, if the value of your life isn't here, but it's in there and then, you're dying as a self. You're calling it living, but the actual activity is dying as a self. Yeah. You are, you're living somewhat, you're on, but you're dying as the self. You're dying to what's available here. Yeah. Because you can't even attend to it. Because you're beholden to a thought system which values the past and the future more than it values now. Yeah? And if you talk about the, t- the term of the higher power or the presence of the higher power, it's not put into a past tense or a future tense. It's a present tense. Yeah? This is where the power is. is right where we are. The thought system is not attempt- does not want to be located here. It wants to be in yesterday and in tomorrow. Watch it. Yeah? Watch it. What does it value? Does it value this moment? The only value it sees in this moment is to be occupied with past and future. It's using the only thing that's actually going on to be disassociated from it by thinking about the past and thinking about the future. Yeah. Like if, let's say an alien came here to this planet and he had, he had, a, he had a, a, a 20-year research funded. Yeah, he's going to check out how humans are. He lands in America, and he takes off in five minutes. The 20 years is totally forgotten, because he looks at it, he says, any society that has profit over health is insane. It doesn't, he didn't need, the alien didn't need to see anything more than that. Anything that puts profit over people is insanity. He doesn't have to go over it and over and over again. He gets it and he leaves. This is what happens. You see what has defeated you. You don't have to see it from under their feet. Over and over again. You can wake up. Yeah? You can see, oh, this is how it's... It's like it says in recovery. You've got to be convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah? So, okay... How many times have you seemingly been defeated? Maybe thousands of times. Do you think the 30,000th one is going to do it? Wake up now. It's a failed system. 
one one example will show the principle of the whole system. It's a failed system. My thoughts value the past, which isn't happening more than now, and values the future, which isn't happening more than now. What more do you need to hear? Boom. I think I got to go over more. Why? It's already showed you. It's a failed system. It says it in our program, if you're in the program. Why are you in so much fear today, he asks us, Bill W. And he says, he goes, he doesn't let us answer. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? <laughs> Investigate yourself. If you have one day where it happened, you'll see the pattern. It's happening every day. It's causing you to be dissociated only mentally, only emotionally, and only seemingly so. It only appears to be true or false to you. It cannot separate you from what you are. It can only seem to be separated from what you are. That's the solution. Yeah. It can, the highest level it can reach is seemingly. It cannot be so. What's so is so, and that's that. Yeah, that's that. That's all IA does. It describes the certain principles. You explore them, see if they register. If they do, then you can move on. Yeah? You don't have to keep going back. It's like this idea of surrender. It's a very high ideal in recovery. But a lot of people are in this relationship with it. They surrender, and then they take it back. And then they decide it hasn't worked, so then they surrender like a hot potato. But then, well, let's say, meeting women, oh, they take it back. Or body image, they take it back, yes? And everything, every topic they take back, seemingly, that they seemingly surrendered, every topic they take back, what does it attract? Resentments, fears, acting out, harming other people in pursuit of what you want. All the manifestations of selfing will coagulate with everything and anything that hasn't been surrendered. Every last fucking thing that isn't surrendered is like shit to a fly. The selfing is going to manifest and you're going to have the resentments, the feeling of discomfort, irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Yes? Here, what would happen if you surrendered? Yeah? You got the real, you have a deep realization as an absolute truth in your own life, that you're not managerial quality. Yes? That alcoholism, even though it seems to be chilled out right now, I've seen it take someone over in one night who's had 23 years. <laughs> 23 years, it took a long time for that to grow. It was gone in one second. Yeah? I don't see that I'm any different than anyone else. I'd be insane to think if I did what they're doing to expect a different result. That would be the definition of insanity. These are absolutes. This is where this you can rely on. Yeah? And you're honest about that. And in that honesty, in that surrender of you knowing and you thinking you're so special, in that surrender, the true humility that Bill W. is constantly talking about, yeah? The surrendering, then what happens is that power reveals itself to you, through you, through others, through situations, yeah? 
And now, like it says in recovery, God's way of being anonymous is a coincidence. Yeah? Coincidence is a God's way of being anonymous. You start seeing tons of coincidences. Things start having meanings you never saw before. Like I just had this lady email me from Perth about her son who's having difficulty drinking and using. I've had this happen tons of times. She got in touch with this homeopathic doctor in New York he gave her my, na- my, na- my name because he saw me speak in New York. She calls me here. I used to go to Perth quite a lot. So instead of, and I told her exactly what I said, go to a meeting in Perth. I have a number of somebody who's a member, and you go to a meeting and get your own help. Because maybe your son ain't going to change, but you better. So you better go to Al-Anon. So this thing left Perth. <laughs> Went all the way to New York, came to California, and then goes back to Perth. Beautiful, yeah? Beautiful. She's so happy to talk to someone who knew me, and, I, I'm, and I've been there, and now I can get her in touch with people who are in the program in Perth, not in America, but in Perth. Yeah. Fucking awesome. This is what happens. And then the thought system, that's such a failed thought system, will see this as very mysterious and paradoxical. That's how things fucking work. <laughs> when you're in the magic of relief. Yeah? That's how life actually works. This is the failed system. To try to take what works and try to make sense in it through the failed system, it can only come up with, it's a paradox. It's totally befuddling. No, it isn't. It's called the way. If you align yourself with the way, which isn't your way, nor is it my way, it's the way, you will see things how they go. Yeah? Instead of having a very consequential, very short-sightedness, you'll get a much longer vision. Yeah. With no thought or effort on our parts. All you need is that little willingness to open up that fucking realm that you call you. Yeah? To take the crown off of the fucking false god, which is me. Yeah? And then realize there's I and we. Yeah? There's the participation of I in the we, and then there's the I. Yeah? Take out the middleman, and you'll see the beauty of the whole place. When you're trying to find it, you're separate from the we, and you're playing the I role. You've crowned yourself as a special you with this title, title called me, which separates you from every other fucking you. You think you're different than everyone else. Yeah? It's called the separation. That's the basic premise of the whole thing of selfing, is to separate. And then you, then you, you long for unity, which is the double whammy. You long for union, and the fact is, you are already united. You are already whole. It's like someone who's trying to uh, sign up to uh, pay a large fee to go to a pool, and they're already wet. You're completely fucking wet. You're like the fish. The fish is in water, probably doesn't even know what it's in. He sees like clams and kelp. Has no idea. We're in this fucking space and we have no idea. None whatsoever. Just like you have no idea of the effects of gravity. You may have an understanding of it, but you don't know what it's like until you go into an anti-gravity chamber. Then when you go back into gravity, you'll know fucking what gravity is by its absence. You will know what selfing is. And what it is, is it ain't. (laughs) You'll know it by its fucking absence. And I'm telling you, it's inherently absent. It can never be. It can only seem to be. 
And it needs a you and a you and a you here to make it seem to be so. How could false evidence ever be real? Like they talk about fear. How could false evidence ever be real? It only can, false evidence appears to be real. What's the ingredient that false evidence needs to appear to be real? It has to appear to be real to someone. Yes? You give it the fucking meaning. You and I, we give it the meaning. And we can give it the meaning that it's, it's real, but it can only reach the level of seemingly real. Because the reality is what's giving it the meaning of being real. You're the fucking reality, bro. You're inherently that reality. That's why something can seem so real, because the reality is giving it the meaning. Yes? How could something seem real if it ain't real? It can only seem real to what's real. Basically. Yeah? The reality must lending itself, lend to it some reality, some seeming reality to make it seem so freaking real. So I don't know, man, I've entertained this and it's just a freaking joy. You know. I've occupied every moment I've been in for years now. I haven't been cheated once. Yeah? No matter what my head says, it doesn't move what I am out of where it can only be. <laughs> it cannot do it. You cannot leave this because you are all of it. Yeah? You are the seer, seeming seer, you're the seeming seen, and you're the seeing of it. You're the whole event. See how that helped? I think you'd travel a lot later here if you started entertaining that. Look at recovery. Recovery blows my mind. You come into recovery and there's an inventory process. And so the first two columns, of, it's a four-column inventory usually. Yeah? So we're looking at some of the basic manifestations of self in our life. It's not, and the funny thing is, when, people, when you hear people talk about fear, they're usually talking about my fear or my resentments, Right? The my is the act of being identified. So selfing is manifesting its effects through us, and we're, we're chiming in, or the voice box is claiming to be the one that's doing it. You cannot be more identified as self than that. Yeah? If something that was foreign to you was expressing through you, and your take on it was they all those expressions was yours, isn't that the act of being identified? I would say so. If something was foreign installment and it had the ability to express and it was expressing through this opportunity and then the voice box of this, what we're calling us, this body, keeps keep saying, I'm the one who's in fear. I'm the one who's resenting. I'm the one who's doing this. I'm the one who's doing that. Wouldn't that be described as the act of being identified as the foreign installment? If the expressions are from the installment, yet... The mental take while it's moving through this is that they're yours. I would say you are in the act of being identified, yeah? To me, that's the root of the problem. That's it. That's the root of it. It's an act of being identified. You're not identified with it. You can never be identified with it. You're, it's the act of being identified. It's like a verb. And the verb can stop. And you know what happens when the verb stops? You continue. <laughs> you are not that which is being professed or promoted by the selfing. You're the seeing of it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so as soon as what happened with me, I was laboring under the idea of trying to get relief from self, but I was falling under into that same paradigm we talk about in recovery, that self can't get out of self, yeah? So there was the act of being identified as self, and that act of being identified self wanted to get out of self. <laughs> it wanted to be here to experience its own absence. <laughs> so why can't you get out of self? Why can't it last? You get these catapults where you seem to, you know, it seems to be out of self, but it tends to regurgitate or remorph into feeling like you're the one that's out of self, which is the self, yeah? Why is it that you can't get out of it? Maybe try this one on. Maybe you can't get out of it because it's an impossibility to be in it, yeah? Yeah? You cannot be what you're thinking you're, you are. You can't be that. So if you're not in something, you're never going to find the greatest strategy to get out of it. Yeah? To have the experience, what you would call being out of it, is realizing you've never been in it. The realization that you were never in it is what you call the experience of being out of it. Yeah? You'll feel like you're out of it. But the fact is, that was produced by realizing you were never in it. It wasn't produced by you getting out of it. Because as soon as you have a feeling that you got out of it, you're going to have another feeling soon that you're back in it. <laughs> Shit, I hated that. <laughs> but what would happen if you realized you weren't in it? Yeah? Just entertain it, maybe. Maybe it's true, maybe it isn't, that you're not the thinker of your thoughts. But maybe, why not entertain that thought? Instead of entertaining your thought of, are my pants too short? What's going to happen to me? What did happen to me? All that all day. Maybe just switch, not the entertaining, but what you're entertaining. Maybe entertain this novel idea that maybe you're not the thinker of the thoughts. And maybe you're not even the object of the thoughts. Yeah? Maybe. That's what I did. I entertained the possibility. And what happened was, it got some traction. Yeah? And when, I, when it dawned on me that I'm not that, yeah? I'm not that which I took myself to be. The f- next thing, immediately, a possibility showed up that had never showed up before. And that was, I can be free of it. All before that, I was trying to be free as it, you know? for it, by it, but never from it. Yeah? But when I realized, hey, I'm not that, my mind immediately, like the possibility was like a low-hanging fruit, it had always been there. And I'd been sitting under the tree, dreaming of an apple, and the apple was right there, ready to be picked. As soon as I saw it, I didn't see it by thinking about the apple. I saw about it by looking at, hey, I may not be that. And then as soon as I... Then the apple appeared. It was always there, and I took it. And I took a bite out of it, and I said, hey, I can be free of it. Yeah? I don't need to therapize it. I don't need to socialize it. Yeah? I don't have to sympathize with it. I don't have to fucking protect it, defend it, promote it. I can actually be free of it. Yeah? 
What happens? Find out. My mind ran with it. And it started producing an effect that I've been looking for my whole life. Was like, And that was a long-lasting, stabilized relief. Where it's not even an experience anymore. It's just like the whole, it's just like this room. If everything was exactly the same, but dropped like 30 feet into a deeper level of relaxation. That's what it's like. Nothing changed, but everything changed. Yeah, Everything changed, but nothing had to change. It just dropped. And therefore, I knew the tree by its fruits. Like Jesus says, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruit. I saw it. By the, by the relief from it, I realized what it is, and it ain't. <laughs> and for it to seem to be so, it needs me to be in alignment with that. It cannot be so. It doesn't have the ability to do that. It can only seem to be so using my juice. So the reality that I am can lend reality to other things. And in time, they can seem to be as real as real can be. Not eternally, but for a period of time, they can seem to be real. But that reality has been lent to them by the reality. And we are that reality. Like it or not. So in recovery, they take you from the first column, second column. All right, I'm mad at this person and because they robbed my car. Everyone in a bar knows the first two columns, yeah? No relief is being produced, nothing. We take it, we, turn, we take the light off of the consequences and who did it and what happened to what was my role in it, yeah? And if anyone's done a re- um, inventory process, it has produced a good amount of relief. Yeah? Just by a small incremental shift from that motherfucker did this to where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Can you imagine if you went back farther? Maybe to, to the next point of you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has all freaking day. What? Whoa, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. You know, believe, I believe, this is what happened with me. The, the, uh, the ratio of relief geometrically progressed the closer you got back to the source. Yeah? Not the S-A-U-C-E source, the alcohol, but the source, S-O-U-R-C-E. Yeah? And there's no closer and farther, but you know what I mean. Going in that, in a sense, getting more interested in that and less interested in that motherfucker do that da 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 there was a huge amount of relief that was readily available, as if it was available at all times, with no requirement necessary. This would probably motivate one to come to these damn meetings, when used to be Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays for 19 years, 20 years, <laughs> and share it, because it's a damn good news. <laughs> Literally. And if you're really interested in relief, I would say you can't go wrong entertaining a couple of these possibilities. Starting out with, maybe you're not the thinker of the thoughts. Start there. You have a lot of evidence in recovery. You do. You've gone to a lot of meetings, have you? Yes? 
So, obviously, most of us come in with a sense of terminal uniqueness. We're very special and unique. No one did the things that I did, and no one thought the terrible things I thought, and no one felt the way I felt, yeah? And yet, then you go to meetings with total strangers, and people start sharing their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions to life, and they sort of sound pretty similar to yours. (laughs) Your thoughts, your feelings, and your reactions. And so what happens? You can only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts, or they're not my thoughts? (laughs) It's a thought system that we're all seemingly saddled with. Let's say it's the primary driver of our lives, and that's called alcoholism. You know, millions and millions of seeming separate hosts have been taken over by the same parasitical mental movement, and they're all exhibiting, exhibiting the same simple characteristics of that parasite. Not an infinite amount of manifestations. And they've been now pretty much cataloged and, and nabbed and seen in the big book of AA, and it's been added onto in the last 70-something years of sobriety, where basically the parasitical characteristics have been pretty well recognized. Yeah? And yet, and yet, people with all this self-knowledge are still identified as that. As that which has been recognized as not being you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's like this, uh, there's this, there's a, there's a religion, there's Islam, you know, and a part of Islam is Sufism, yeah, which is like the, one of the mystical aspects of Islam. And there was these, the Sufis, these people came up with this very interesting, uh, way of categorizing every characteristic of a human being, of all human beings. They have to fall under these nine basic, uh, styles, let's say. And each style has two subdivisions. So there's basic nine basic characteristics or personalities of humans, and then and then with the two subdivisions there's like twenty seven combinations, yeah? And so people who have a lot of knowledge would go to these retreats and they would study these things called the Enneagram and they would find out that they were a number seven. Yeah? They have a, a like, a whatever. So, they get this knowledge that there are seven, and now, as soon as the meeting ends, they're all going, what number are you? You're a four. I knew you were a four. I'm a seven. The point of the knowledge is that you're not a seven. You're not a four. When the stock version is revealed, your uniqueness should be dismissed. Instead, it gets more unique by now claiming this stock thing is very exotic. I'm a seven with a little six and a four subdivision sexually. No, the information is to lead you to, I'm not that. Yeah, It's like, I drive like a Ford, I smell like a Ford, I turn like a Ford, I'm a Ford. And then, oh, what, I'm a Ford, and I'm not. Yeah. First let the Ford hit you. What, I'm that? And you're not. (laughs) It blows my mind. Some of these people were heavyweights too, the spiritual heavyweights. And it was like everyone's chirping like a bit like a honeybee. I'm a seven, I'm a five, I'm a four. No, you're not that. That's the whole point of the knowledge. The knowledge is all knowledge about self is to forget the self. How do you forget the self? The way it works with me and work with me, I realized I wasn't that and I lost interest in all of that which is implying I'm that. <laughs> That's all. 
I didn't lose interest in that because there isn't that. Everything that's implying that I'm that, everything that's insinuating, all the thoughts, all the feelings being claimed as I'm the feeler, I'm the thinker, all the actions are seen as my actions, all of those things are facilitating the pointing to that there's someone behind it all. And you're that someone. I'm saying you're not that. There isn't any that. All there is is pointing. Yeah? And this isn't just an intellectual excursion. The pragmaticness of it is relief. Relief from the bondage of self. A relief that's not determined or predicated on having a schedule or being at a certain place, but it's always available at all times, right where you are. So you find something to totally rely on. The only deal is that it's not a something. It's a no thing. Yeah? spirit or whatever we want to call it. You start relying on that and if you just take an honest assessment of how things work out, obviously your faith in that is going to fucking blossom because it works. (laughs) It's not like a fucking advertising campaign. It delivers the goods. could go on and on, but this is good. It's a good message. Just let it in. See, if you go home and think about it, which probably will happen, just realize you're not the thought or thinker. Yeah? So that the thoughts won't have any power to, to make it into something. And this thing will work in you. Yeah? It'll work in you. You'll be like, you'll be looking at you, in a sense, and the colors, instead of being applied to it, will bleed through the canvas, you'll find out. You'll be able to enjoy peace of mind because you won't be beholden to time anymore. Your mind won't, you won't be galloping on the, on the, the linear fucking trail that your mental horse is running down, galloping down constantly, always looking back and then galloping forward. Yeah? You won't have to be, you won't have to be obliged to continue that. You'll be released from it. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. Your value will shift out of what's not happening into what's happening. And you'll be the richer for it. That's how you mine something here. Not with a pick and a shovel, but with your interest and attention. That's your mining ability. Yeah? And then it's freed from that slavery, digging that black hole that's not going anywhere all fucking day. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, let's say, let's figure out what did happen. What's going to On and on. Digging, 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 but not getting any fucking anywhere. Yeah? This way, your interest attention is freed from that slavery and will start enriching your life. Yeah? And it'll be a life worth living. You won't miss a fucking drop. You never did. It's just been a story that's preoccupied you. You've never not been here. You've been in every moment you've been in. Yeah? 
This life has not been absent. You have been, there's been presence in this life. You may not have been privy to it, and therefore it seems dry. The same exact life that it seemed like yesterday can be in, so enriching today because you're here. That's all. You're the main ingredient that's been missing. Yeah. It's not a relationship. You show up for the relationship. That's what makes it worthwhile. You show up to receive the love. That's what makes the love worthwhile. Yeah? You show up to give love. That's what makes it worthwhile. This is another passivity, another spiritual practice of passivity. It's incredibly empowering in a way. You know, look at what happens in AA when people come in, they sober for a couple of years, and the first few years they're talking about the worst thing that ever happened to them. Then things change, and now the worst thing that ever happened to them is the best thing that ever happened to them. Now, how could the worst thing that ever happened to you be the best thing that ever happened to you? Was it the worst thing? Or is it the best thing? It's really neither. From where you're looking at it, you made it seem to be the worst thing that ever happened, and now your camera location has shifted, and now you see that worst thing was the best thing that ever happened. You don't see that as an example of the possibilities on offer? When I heard that, to me, that's a huge demonstration. I hear people share... Oh, the worst thing that happened to me getting arrested that night. Now I'm sober and it's the only way I got to recover. That's the best thing that happened. What more, do you, what more demonstration do you need to see that the meaning is just flying here? Just tons of meaning is being given to everything. And where is it, where is it issuing forth from? Where you're at? <laughs> Any meaning that something's giving you, you gave to it first. You just, you didn't see it. You didn't see it. It's like you're running a, a relay race. You hand the baton off, and then you're running as if, but you handed it off. You know? Then you think you received it. But, but you handed it off. You're playing the, all the roles. Yeah? You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Wouldn't that take, I would say that would cause a pause and take notice of what? Let's see. You've got a huge role, bro, in your own life. Not as a doer, not as a haver, not as the claimer, but what you actually are. Yeah. The selfing wants to claim and do and have, try to get its britches up and, you know, thinking he's a a big shot, but it's in all that, when that becomes unelevated, then you find out how things actually work here. Yeah? Like in the Course, I have, you know, the Course of Miracles? You ever hear that? I went, I was reading a little of it last night. I haven't seen it in a while, so I had one at my house, so I read, read it, I just turned to a page, and they were talking about all you need is just the tiniest little bit of willingness. If you believe you need to prepare and this and that, that's just obsession with self again. Just a tiny bit of willingness, yeah, will open you up to the, the, the large willingness of the fucking universe to start downloading through you, yeah? And how can you prepare for it anyway? You have no fucking idea what it is or what it's like. It's in the I don't know. That's the greatest preparation is I don't know. Yeah. 
You may think you have to purify. Maybe you try to purify the wrong thing. <laughs> Maybe what what is can only be pure is already there. <laughs> as if you can make an effect on the sky. As as if you could tattoo the sky with something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thrown something up in the sky and it's stuck? <laughs> no, it usually comes down. <laughs> you don't have any relevance whatsoever. <laughs> That's the good news. <laughs> a little bit? No. no. You're hoping you do. You'll make something seem like it's so to prove that, but it isn't so. You know? You'll make it seem like it's so that you separated yourself from God, but that can only seem to be so in time. It has no... It can't stand It can't stand the, the timeless moment. It's not so. Yeah? There's nothing that you could do that could exile you from what you are. Because you never were the doer of it to begin with. <laughs> you can have the most heinous act or thought. It hasn't made. It's not even a henna tattoo to what you are. It hasn't even, never even gets close to inkness. <laughs> You're the one that's holding yourself up on your own hook. You're playing God with the guilt and the shame and everything like that. God isn't doing that. He doesn't recognize any of that. There's no God anyway, but whatever is so isn't recognizing anything of what's not so having any huge relevance. Yeah. Why not let a little of that into your life? Maybe you'll travel lighter. Maybe you'll come down off your own hook, you know? That one hook that you know you're right about. <laughs> Maybe you can come off of that. You may be much more happy, you know? Relieved. You know, then you'll really be attraction, not promotion. Yeah, people will probably want what. Well, a lot of people won't want what you have, <laughs> but there'll be some that will may really want what you have. And it's an incredible invitation to realize this is an introductory offer. The product is you. The invitation, a message, is just to sort of trigger that that sense of that. You know, maybe just maybe. Yeah, you're not going to leave it with anything here. That's the good news. Yeah. So, yes, that's it for me.